Thank you for tuning in to Monday Morning Conversation with Pastor Jay and T. Drake. Grab your coffee, tea or milk and let's talk about the topic for today. Let's get the conversation going. Hello. Can you hear me, please? I can hear you. Can you hear me? me? Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Because you know you's about to be in trouble. I know it. (laughs) I was calling you. I was like, what's going on? But the show must go on. Yes, it must. All right. You set? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, welcome everybody again. Shout out to everybody. And and you see the title, uh, T.D. Jakes, Sarita Jakes, The Alien Invasion and the Sovereignty of God. And uh, me and T have been talking about a lot of things this week. And everybody knows they said that T, they say that T.D. So first say hi to everybody, T. Hey, everyone. It's T. Drake. How's everybody doing out there? I hope everybody's doing good. Um, we have been talking all week long and, you know, I found out some things. I found out that, uh, like TD Jakes has been like the number one, one of the number one trends on X. Mm. Still going strong, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting how God maneuvers things. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a better fed than the fed. Start off in one direction and end up in another. We start off with P Diddy and somehow or another, a clip ended up in the TD Jakes ended up being more popular, more talked about than uh, P. Diddy in what has been actually filed in court. And again, none of these things have been filed in court yet. We don't know who's who. Everybody's giving uh, initials online and doing interviews and stuff like that. But now, what we talked about earlier before it came out was somehow or another, this is going to end back up at Sarita Jakes. And lo and behold, it has. So, T, tell me, tell me about what you know about this. Okay, well, so far, after I've been uh, researching and, and, and hearing all these different bloggers, apparently, uh, Miss Sarita Jakes had known about T.D. Jakes' history, about him having and being that kind of way, which is same gender loving. So, at first, I think you and I were talking about, well, what if she didn't know? What if she had no idea... And this is catching her totally off guard. But to come and find out, there was a video that, you know, I shared with you that was a close friend and said, oh, no, 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 no. Before you guys say, woe is is Sister Sarita, that's not it, because she knew going in. And there's another person called Minister R. Don't know who this person is, but apparently that person introduced Sarita to T.D. Jakes. And that's how things were started to happen. Plus, he wasn't at the very beginning. He wasn't all famous like he is now. So all this was happening and she knew about his lifestyle. So it's not like it came as a surprise. She kind of knew already. And now the skeletons are kind of rolling out. Yeah. me and you had a kind of a different opinion about this. And that's what we're going to talk about because I find it interesting. You know, um, and, and my opinion was that she, if she did know, she has a choice to make. And this is bigger than T.D. This is really bigger than T.D. Jake, y'all. I want you to, we're just using him because we could use uh, uh, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. And I said, what I said was earlier this week, me and T were talking, and I was saying, well, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton was the test case for 
wives leaving famous husbands. And what Hillary Clinton, because of her aspirations to be in politics and possibly one for president, even though her husband got caught, even though her husband lied and he did make it through, he got impeached, but didn't get kicked out of office, even though that all that happened, she did something that was so ground shaking because Bill Clinton changed the definition of sex. He said oral sex. He didn't know that oral sex was sex, which, you know, was a lie. But when she decided once it came out to come forward and say, I'm not going anywhere. Even though I know that he's done this, that marriages go through that, you know, she did the politically correct thing and the, the way she spent it. But think about this. Normally, that would be the death nail to a marriage. But now, because of her aspirations of her wanting to stay in the limelight for political reasons, she decided to stick out with stick with him in even though he had done this violation. Now we have Sarita and we have T.D. Jakes. Mm-hmm. Well, the way that the vloggers have point uh, painted her was she was poor with tr- two boys and from from the Appalachian Mountains, coal miner's daughter, all that thing. And when he got to when Minister R got them together, it was a a deal made that she would not tell of his proclivities and he would take care of her sons like they were her, his own and that if he became successful, everything would be good. And she would have this understanding. Well, look what has happened. Mm-hmm. He's become, quote unquote, the America's pastor, a weight that's too heavy for any one man to carry. Uh, and again, I wouldn't care about being America's pastors. pastors. Hallelujah. I want to be God's pastor. Amen. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to yeah. I I be known as God's man. I don't want to be known as America's man, the cultural pastor. There ain't no such thing as a cultural pastor. And, mm-hmm. and that's a whole nother subject. But um. So now she's in this situation and I was saying that she she can't if she wants to continue to receive what she's been receiving. She's in a a peculiar situation because if she leaves him. Then there would be a band of people that will also leave him. And you have to remember his money is connected to him being the pastor T.D. Jakes. You know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, all these other little streams of income, the mainstream of his influence comes from him being the pastor. And if he falls from that grace or from that position, then what can end up happening is she has to make up her mind. Either she's going to stick and stay. She's going to windmill for him. She's going to try to block and make it okay. But she's in that situation. And I said, I don't think that this is enough for her to leave in the sense because not so much she loves him and she might love him, but she wants to maintain her status and her status is directly tied to him because if she leaves, who is she? Right. She's a nobody. Mm-hmm. You know, if she knew, well, she took a gamble. Now that it's coming out, you know, everybody wants to uh, uh, like we're having our opinion on it. But let's think about this, you guys. Let's just slow down with all the emotionalism and, and, and the church entity behind this. Is it our responsibility to, to make sure that the leaders that come before us. That is our responsibility to make them to keep them in leadership, no matter what they violate, as far as our trust is concerned. No, why not? So 
what I'm saying is, no, it's not our responsibility, but we do owe it to ourselves to have that, right? So I'm thinking sometimes when you think you do you have control over what these people do? No. No. Okay, so when we have pastors and people that are put in front of us, and like we we know, they would only be there if we continue to prop them up. Now, we might have a responsibility, yes, to keep them accountable, but at the end of the day, they have that responsibility as themselves as well. So if if we continue to prop them up and they think that all that they're doing is okay, then fine. And at the same time, how can you keep them accountable if they were lying to you from the get-go when it was a deception? How how would you even know to keep them accountable? How would you know? How would you know that? Right. Because by what we saw when the vlogger, this was a preconceived notion to deceive the people. Correct. You know, we were guessing at it last week, but I mean, we're still guessing. But now we have somebody right. saying, look, the plan was to deceive the people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what I'm telling saints, ain'ts, and in-betweens, if the plan starts off to deceive, if that's the plan, it can't be of God. It can't be of God. God is not a liar. God is not darkness. God say walk in the light as he is in the light. You know, you know, when he got up on stage talking about the, uh, the, him being anointed, you got to remember there's another kind of anointing that that mm. that simulates and mimics the righteousness of God. And God said, everything that's done in the dark going to be the light. It may take some time. Now, see, the, the, the problem is in the time between the deception was made and the success of his ministry, it seems as if God was asleep because God could have stopped it before it happened. But then in this in this in this allowing it to happen, a lot of people are going to be exposed because now they're talking about there's a whole ring of them. Right. Exactly. Prominent pastors just doing yeah. this thing. And, it's, and it seems like, like you said before, it's very interconnected. So him falling, if that should happen, there's a lot of people that are probably going to go and fall along with them because they have some connection to him some kind of way. And although they might not be doing it, it it's going to affect them too, right? Yeah, it, it's going to be a fallout all the way down the line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be a fallout all the way down the line because if more of them are exposed and, they, and it's some kind of ring they have, Mm-hmm. Where they are grooming young men to mm. to try to wait. Now you hear me say try to wait until such time they become of age. That's going to be a big problem. But See, then, the, the, you know, because I said that it, I said I believe that the church, because of its fallen nature out here in America, especially in America, I thought I believe that this was going to be the test ground, like Hillary and Bill Clinton was. If he survives this. And he doesn't fall like the Hill songs, like the uh, uh, James McDonald's, like mm-hmm. the uh, uh, what's the other one name? Uh, Jimmy Swaggered, like the uh, Zachy uh, was it Zach- Robert Zacharias, Zacharias uh-huh. and so many others that have fallen mm-hmm. and they had the ministries just gone. Then if he if he and it's interesting because it's always with us that sets the precedence. It was our our president that allowed uh, same sex marriage. So now we got our church in a sense because did he he his church is majority African American. 
it's going to be us that sets this precedent of 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 crossing over and, and saying it's fine because again we have a church in our community where there is two male married pastors they married to a mister and a mister and it's mm-hmm. and and again i don't have a problem with them in this sense at least they were honest right right and they told the truth right they told the truth and like you get a choice as as a person do you want to follow them or not again right. I'm I'm not debating them. I'm saying at least they told the truth. He lied. Exactly. So do, That's we, do we owe him because of all the good things that he's done? Now, see, this is a, this is going to be sticky. So I need some adults to think about this. Do we owe him leadership in our life? My answer is no. And I, I kind of agree with that because there's so much with the deception of it, right? The deception of it, and at the same time. Like you were just talking about, if he survives this, we have to take into a couple things. Okay, same gender loving is one thing. However, if you're talking about grooming young men, and we're talking about in their teenage years, young men and all all the way up there, he will not survive being that P word. And so I'm going to change it to what they've tried to make it minor loving person. He will not survive that because as much as America might be depraved, right? We are not, we are not comfortable knowing there's a whole grown man grooming 13 year old, 12, 15, 16. It's not, it's not okay. Nobody wants that. And that will not stand. He will not survive not, that. Not, not now. But it's on its way. Exactly, not now, because they're probably it's later on, its way. on. Because 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 this just the accusation of this twenty years ago, he'd have been done in seven days. Mm-hmm. Now it's lingering, and everybody and the people on his side trying to scramble to try to do whatever it takes to maintain. Because again, there are people with with whole lifestyles built on. We talked about this last week on his brand. Mm-hmm. And that if his brand, if he fails, the brand fails and there's nothing his daughter can do to maintain it because they lost the church that was in Colorado. Right. And I think the one in California too, right? Well, yeah, you're California or Colorado. So she can't keep it. She doesn't have that power. She, he has. Mm. Okay. So, so Sari, the mom, she's in a peculiar position. Yeah. She's in the peculiar position because even if she leaves him, if if he loses what he has, he won't be able to maintain her lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And if she stays and he loses, he won't be able to maintain the lifestyle. So you know, there's no easy decision yeah. for her to make. And the Bible tells mm-hmm. us that if we catch a brother in the in the fault to restore such a one, those of us who are spiritual and be in meekness and all that good stuff and don't be aware. And again, we should always look forward. To restoring someone to fellowship, but they don't have any right to be our leaders. Mm-hmm. That is not our job. Okay, too much is given, much is required, and if we keep watering down what it takes to, we've already watered down the qualifications, the biblical uh, uh, ability to contextually interpret the word. We've thrown that out for orators that could. Speak real quick, speak real fast, make a, make us tickle, go up and down and entertain us. We thrown that out the window for that. So now what we're trying to do is say, okay, he's like everybody else. No, he's not like everybody else. 
If he started off deceiving people, what you're going, well, you're going to say that every pastor starts off deceiving the people. Mm-hmm. Is that what you want is leadership, leadership that that thinks you're so dumb, so stupid <laughs> that they that all they got to do is entertain you and, and, and be like church, act like church, uh, 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 smell like church. And you don't have enough discernment to, to, to tell that there's something wrong with this picture. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians two fifteen. Yeah, First Corinthians two fifteen say, and so for you, the who sinners say, don't judge, judge. No, go to First Corinthians two fifteen. Those of us who are spiritual, we judge all things. We judge all things, and if you call yourself spiritual and don't know the word of God when it tells you that, that means you're not in that category. And we say judge means we is it right or is it wrong? Is it against the word of God or not? Have we gotten so dull of hearing and so hard-headed and, and so callous that we don't understand that friends with the world is enemies with God? That's what the books say. That no matter what the population doing, I'm going to stand on the word of God. I don't care how many of y'all think it's good, think it's okay. And and, and, and wait till it's one of your, like the lady said, one, I was listening to a vlog. Wait till it's one of your sons mm. that's being groomed. Right. Are you going to have the same windmill energy for that person? No, you're going to be ready to hunt them down and kill them. Yep. So make it make sense. It's okay. There'll be another one uh, coming up. You know. And last week I couldn't think of the name of the person that was being sued. You can look it up. It was Reverend Ike. Same little weird situation. Mm. Eddie Long. Same little weird situation. T.D. Joshua in Africa. Same little weird situation. The grooming for sex, money, power. James McDonald, same situation. The fall of Mars Hill, that pastor there, same little situation. Mm-hmm. And again, they've been taken off the off. You don't even hear from them no more. No. But this is going to be a test case for the African-Americans. Are we going are we're going to just do it because we like him and there's some good things that he's done? You know, the devil can give you good things and do good things for you and trick you. Remember, he comes as an angel of light, appearing as an angel of light. Mm-hmm. And now that the jig may be up. I feel sorry for his family. I feel sorry for the church because I'm getting call after call after call after call and email after email telling me that if this is true, they're going to leave the church forever. And I'm I'm, I'm imploring anybody that's listening, do not lay this on God's church. Right. This is a man who has decided to do what he wanted to do. And he got caught. Mm -hmm. Okay. It ain't the church. It ain't God. That's why God is exposing it. Duh. You have to think this thing through without your emotional tie to it. Mm-hmm. You got to think this thing through biblically. Okay. Yes, we can restore him to fellowship. He can repent and restore the fellowship. But then you have to decide if you want to still follow him. And that and see, now the choice is in your court. You know everything now, right? Right. Is he the kind of leader you want? Knowing what you know, if this if these allegations are true. Is he the kind of leader that you want? And if you say yes, you get what you get. You get what you get.
Everybody's been talking about exposure. We talked about when Leandria talked about it way back when. I couldn't find out when she did that. But when, when she talked about this and everybody's mm-hmm. trying to relate it to 2024, if, you, if you've been paying attention, God been breaking down these mega churches for the past decade. <laughs> this ain't unique to 2024. It's just that now God has come to the preacher that you pay attention to. That's a mega preacher. And then one of the vloggers, uh, uh, Larry, even matter of fact, he even he even gave he even put out there that there's another one and it's a a Creflo. Mm-mm. You know, and if this is a ring of these influential pastors doing this, these 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 televangelists, these mega pastors doing this, and and and, and it's it's gonna get real ugly real quick. But God is always a God of exposing. Mm-hmm. He said everything that's done in the dark going to be brought to the light. Just because it took 20 or 30 years, see, God is not governed by time. If you think about it like this. When they decided to deceive, God had already plotted out their exposure. God already knew when he was going to expose them in linear time. He already saw them exposed. Mm-hmm. And, and in Proverbs, it talks about uh, many other plans, many other plans of man, but the only thing that stands is God's purpose, basically. And I'm paraphrasing. Okay, God, and, and and that's what it is: God's purpose, God's sovereignty. All things happen to the good for those who love God, that are, are called according to His purpose. It's not necessarily good in your understanding, but it's good in God's understanding because everything in God is yes and amen. And I want you to understand that not everything you give to Him is yes and amen. But the triune God, God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit all agree with each other on their purpose. And it's yes and amen. So you've been running around talking about all oh, everything. God is just it ain't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> that got something to do with God's sovereignty. God is showing you that all things that happen that are good. Everything that he purposes is good, whether it's his active will or passive will. It is good. So whatever brings about the glory of God, whether you get exposed or you lift and exalted, it is all for the glory of God. And when God exposes the wicked, because the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, he said it's to the glory of God. Fornicators, adulterers, effeminists, liars and all, they will not. And that's just a fact. And don't give me, please, please, don't give me this. We all fall short. You're not supposed (laughs) to wear that as a moniker because what you're doing when you say that when somebody falls short you're telling me and you're telling them it's okay to continue to sin that grace should abound and he said god forbid who will continue in sin if they are who how can you continue in sin if you're dead to sin and it says that the bible says that those who practice sin will not will not that's an impossibility where they get into heaven and you want to compromise because that's your favorite pastor whoever it may be and, we, and this is not your garden variety, you know, he took, like you said last week, T, that he takes some money or something, he can replace that. Or, you know, back then you had to worry about him having another female friend. But now right. this is a whole different thing. Right. This is like uh, the Corinthian church level thing. And then brave enough to throw it in front of you and say, this is what I'm doing and I don't care. In the Corinthian mm-hmm. church, if, you, if y'all read y'all Bible, there was a guy having sex with his mother-in-law. It's not his stepfather's wife or something like that. His father's wife. 
Not his mother. Yeah, his stepmother. And he was boasting about it. Paul said, kick him out the church. Quick, fast, in a hurry. We're supposed to be transparent in our confession, but the confession is supposed to be on a heart of the fruit of repentance. We're not supposed to be bold enough to walk in there and say, I'm going to do what I want to do. We're going to do. And God loves me. And God, God loves you enough to die for you. And God loves his son even more that he will send you to hell if you don't repent and get saved. He loves you. He, he let his son die for you. But if you don't accept his son, go to John after John 3.16. Go look at 17, 18, and 19, and 20. He said, you are condemned already because you don't believe. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. So we have to get to the point, saints, where we got to grow up in this thing. Or we'll still, we will always get these subservient, these, these tickle your ears, leaders and again they're all over the world they are they come out of and 90 percent of them are trained in america it's the american gospel that we have supplanted all over the world and we see the repercussions of it mm -hmm. in corinthians it says stick to what is written not make up stories and conflate it and and, and twist it and make it make make straight passes spiritual and all that stuff no 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 no, that's how you end up like this. Because everybody, because, you know, we always notice this. Everybody want to be super guru extra. Well, yeah. And then oh my goodness, everything that you've been saying. Remember how we were, we, you sent me the video about Larry Reed and he wants to say that he want to carve out a path and a, a place for certain people like that. You can't do that. You cannot bring the sacred and the profane together. They do not go together. How are you going to bring them together? They have no recognition to each other. What are you talking about? You cannot do that. Yeah. The Bible says, what does light and darkness have in common? Absolutely I nothing. I believe in the first Corinthians, second Corinthians, it said, don't you know that you're the temple of God? Mm -hmm. And that you need to come out from among them? I mean, how can you misconstrue those type of scriptures that are so plain that we should be different from the Lord? He said, if you are friends with the world, you're enemies with God. And I'm praying for this family. And I'm praying for her because it's going to be interesting to watch the decision that she makes. My bet is that she's going to make the decision to stay. Mm -hmm. Because that's where her bread is buttered. Yeah. Now, we can't blame her for staying. Nope. I feel for her. But she should have never put all her, car, all her hope in him. She should have put her hope in Jesus. But if she'd have put her hope in Jesus, she wouldn't have made that deal. Right. That was a terrible From deal. From the get-go. That was a terrible deal. Yeah. She could never win with deal. that deal. Right. And she could never win with never that deal. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So she's as much... So, you know, I'm not saying pull her or nothing like that. Like the lady said, I can't say that. If she was part of the deception... You get what you get. Mm -hmm. Well, she was. She part of the cover up. Because yeah, you get if what you, you get. If, right. So if you know this person has a certain lifestyle, a kind of way, and you're knowingly going in there and you've never said anything. So you knew. 
So you're part of the deception and not like you're not, you are part of it because you're part of the cover up. And you being there is the face of the wife when he actually loves men and you're there as a cover up to not reveal his skeletons that are slowly leaking out more and more all the time. <laughs> now, think about this. If there was a ring, you have to remember this. Now, remember this. He was a big part in picking who would take over Eddie Long's church instead of Eddie Long's son. Mm. Remember, they called him in to help with that. And then, what about the Tim's Church down in uh, Florida, to where they well, gave that to Paula White? Else, right? They right. gave it to Paula White that. instead of the wife, mm -hmm. instead of the son. Pay attention, y'all. This thing is going to start connecting and making good sense. Mm. You know, and and we need to talk about that as a church. Don't stick your head in the sand and oh, God's going to take care of it. What he got you here for? <laughs> You ambassador. What do you got you here for? You supposed to represent him and, and you supposed to be the light in the darkness. And I'm telling you, all of us on this, this listening to me, anybody's going to listen to the show on Monday. We have friends and family members and friends of friends that love this man, put their life on hold into this man's hand, believe that this man is their pastor, even though they couldn't get close to this man. And this is going to affect them spiritually. And that's why I know it, if it's true, it's, it's hell bound because you have sat back and big shipwreck people's faith, shipwreck people's soul, and now they want to blame God's church for what the devil has done. Remember this, saints, when you read the word of God, Jesus stopped dealing with them Jews, not so much because they were rejecting him, but the day they accredited to the devil, the miracles he was doing, and blasting the Holy Spirit, they were done. When they said, oh, he does this by Beelzebub, they were done. So if you've got a person doing stuff by Beelzebub and you claim it's the Holy Spirit, it's the anointing of God, touch not my anointed, you make an assumption that you assume that he's anointed. And my thing is, what qualifies you, other than the word of God, to test whether he's anointed or not? Mm. I don't care what he did good. I don't care what he did. I don't care how he prophesied in your life. The devil can prophesy in your life. We got to start standing up and not just going along like dead goat sheep. <laughs> Think a little bit. We do that with our politics. We do that with our, with our relationship with God. We want to just listen to the person standing up there and we just want to, hey, Democrat, just because. Now, now oh, way up here where I'm at, <laughs> I, got, I got 25 people standing on the highway begging for money. We ain't never had that. Mm. and they get free everything and I still got to pay taxes yeah I, I definitely know all about that yeah you yeah, you, 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 you in the epicenter of the crossing yeah, at the border the, one of the border states yeah but we do our religion like that you know but we're going to move along to William Murphy oh I had him up next to Okay, talk let talk about him, T. Well, I just know, well, there was a New Year's event at William Murphy's church and what he had the nerve to do, y'all. He had the nerve to have secular rap music in the church. Making the stallion music, had too short there. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And that's not okay. And on top of that, 
people that were unbelievers were saying, y'all need to get your life right. People that are not believers say, y'all as church people, that's not right. That shouldn't be in the church. That should be somewhere else. People that are not believers saying that, can you believe it? Yeah, because even the rogue African-American that's out here in these streets always had affinity for church. A new church should be different. Mm -hmm. You get the drug addict, the dope dealer, the pimp, the thief, the robber, and most of them who are true to their game, they got affinity for the church. I know of a drug dealer. Yeah, he dealing drugs, but guess what? Every now and then, he get, he get one of his runners, take $10,000 to the pastor. Take $5,000 to the church. No, he ain't going to come up in that church. But he understand that maybe, just maybe, I could buy God, which he can't. One of my relatives was a drug addict back in the day when heroin was big. So this was like probably the 60s and the 70s. And they were robbing people to get the money for their drugs. And one night they decided church was going on and they figured, you know, they take up offering this all cash. This back in the day when it's all cash, they figured they would, they got two of the guys said, let's go rob this church. My relative said, looked at that cross up there beaming. He said, I can't do that. They're like, mm -hmm. what you mean? We've been robbing everybody else. He said, I can rob a whole bunch of people, but I'm not robbing the church. He said, my mom, I grew up in the church. My mama go to church. I might have a relative in this church because it was in his hometown. He said, I'm not going to walk in there and rob the church. And it's like, well, we can put a mask on. He said, don't make no difference. God going to see me. Now, this is a person that, that is a drug fiend, robs other people, but knew better not to rob the church. We used to have respect for the church. Now, anything going to church. And William Murphy mm -hmm. proved that anything going to church. And then he lied and said 153 souls got saved. Then he walked that back and just say, well, 150 people joined the church. It doesn't make a difference how many people join your building, your organization. If they not saved, what difference? It don't, it's just a number. Exactly. We're bragging about numbers versus true results in salvation. The Bible says that when one person gets saved, all of the heaven rejoices, all the angels rejoices. You try to worry about numbers when you need to worry about one. And you got young people that put out videos saying, I came to church to, for New Year's Eve to, to walk in the year doing something different. I didn't say I was going to go, go back to the club when it was over, but I just wanted to start, see if I could start a new, see if something would hit me to get saved. And what I did was walk into the, to the club that I was trying to avoid on New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to double down on it. Man, please. We got to stop. And those, yeah, and those are the things that we need to be calling out because the sense of arrogance to that and thinking that because you are this typical kind of pastor or maybe this different kind of pastor, you think that you could go ahead and once again bring the profane, bring the world into the church, and it's not possible. So all that stuff you do, it make you look funny in the light. It make you look like you're not really an authentic pastor. I don't know what that is. But that doesn't look like a good shepherd. That doesn't that, look that's, like that, again. It's what no. it's, it's America's pastor. It's not God's pastor. That's America's right. pastor. That's the Apostate. like like he said. Like he said, he believes the church should chase the culture. The church should be like the culture. The church should go go and be the culture. The culture is the church. No, 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 no. 
Jesus ate with sinners. He had become one. And when Jesus ate with sinners, if you if you read the story about when he went into Zacchaeus's house, about times that he, Jesus got through with Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was ready to give everything back he had stolen. So there was a so he didn't become like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus became like him. We don't chase the culture. We're supposed to be separate and come out from among the culture so the culture can see a clear difference between us and them. We are in the world. But not of it. We're not of the world. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be from above, not below. And again, if, if you're sitting here wondering, you this is not up for debate with me. Okay? I understand that some of you are going to be very upset by what I said. Go and follow your guru. <laughs> Go on. Go on, shoot fly. Go and follow your guru. Go and follow that humanistic preaching that does nothing but get you entrapped you like a drug. Lying to you, talking about you you can do what you want to do in all these different little stages. Man, I've been there and studied that. Went to one of the best schools in the country and graduated. Don't tell me that. Look, this is what I'm telling you. It's real simple. I'm going to tell you a secret. Get real close. You cannot be anything you want to be. You can be whatever you prepare for and sacrifice for. Don't let these people lie to you. Tell you everybody can be an entrepreneur because if everybody the boss, who's going to be the Indians? Meaning you are paying for all these courses and all you got to show over is little certificates from these courses and you ain't really done nothing with the course. And them people know that you ain't going to do nothing with the course because guess what? Unless God wants you to be that, you won't be that. That's why I say the sovereignty of God has to be your level of understanding as a child of God. I have faith in the object, Jesus Christ, him on the cross, his resurrection. And I have faith that he will order my footsteps, be a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. And that like the proverb said, I may have many plans, but the sovereignty of God, whatever he wants to do with my life to glorify him, I got to be okay with that. And the quicker I'm okay with the sovereignty of God in my life, I can rise above any affliction in my life because I know that he's ordained it, ordered it, and I'm supposed to learn something from it. It's really that simple. Everybody's not going to be rich. But you're going to die. Remember what I texted you today? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, I do. Are we and talking we about aliens now? Yeah, yeah, let's move on to the alien subject. Look, we're going to tie this. It's tying all in. See, tell me about the aliens, because I heard about it, but I, but I, but I, this, I was like, oh, my God, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so uh, during the beginning of the year in Miami, a certain kind of mall, I don't know the name exactly, but anyway, there was a lot of police presence that went out there, over 175 cops or something like that. And there were helicopters in the sky. And they said at first it was a whole bunch of teenagers that were fighting with sticks and fireworks. Pardon me. But what later came out was the people were saying there were these, these shadowy figures. There were three of them. And they were like nine feet to 10 feet tall. And they were moving in and out of, I guess, time. They couldn't see them very well, but they said they were so large. And some of the people started shooting their guns at these things. So all these cops came out and said, oh, we're out here because of these teenagers. 
But they said, that doesn't make any sense. You guys got all these cop presents out here for some teenagers with some sticks and fireworks? No. So one of the things that after after I sent the video to Pastor Jay, he says to me something funny. He's like, okay, well, if they come and eat all the Twinkies, are you are you saying? Are you saying? Yeah, but yeah basically, okay, let, let's go through this. They go through the mall mm-hmm. and get and go into go into a, a Foot Locker and steal all the Jordans. <laughs> these shadowy figures that's ten foot tall. They go right. to Victoria's Secret and, and get a couple of panties and some perfume. <laughs> they go to Bed Bath Beyond and get some lotions. They go down to Hellsburg Jewelry and just magically lift all the diamonds out the case. Mm-hmm. All that going on, okay? <laughs> and it's fascinating. <laughs> they come from another dimension. Mm. All right. But the only problem with that, as far as you're concerned, is this. If 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 they magically stuff the Twinkies they stole in your mouth and, and you got diabetes and you die, <laughs> your soul is going somewhere. Yeah. And if you're not saved, what difference does it make how you go? Whether it be aliens or are or, or you walking down the street and get hit? Don't get distracted by this. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's true or false. All mm-hmm. I know is is that regardless if they come and take over the whole world like the movies, what I see in the movies, there's a whole bunch of people die. Well, the Bible says that you have once to die and then there's judgment. So it makes no difference where it's aliens or ancestors or apples or oranges. Or dinosaurs. Or dinosaurs. <laughs> or or <laughs> Or another dimension, <laughs> or Bigfoot. <laughs> it don't make a difference. Eaten by a lion, you're dead. Now you got to worry about eternity. Mm-hmm. So even if they are whatever, I mean, there's so many speculations of what it is. If one of them straight bullets that everybody was shooting shoot you dead, and there's an alien there, think about it. If they are interdimensional, you can't kill them with no bullets, no way. Right. See, y'all got to make it make sense. Don't be distracted. Don't let these people distract you. I'm not saying they're not true. All I'm saying is, all I know is I got a date with God. Hell, how I get there? Regardless. Mm-hmm. We can go into the time of the Matrix where it looks like the artificial intelligence is going to take over the world and have the machines come against us. You still go, you might be at your computer and your computer shock you to death. On purpose. Yeah. Yeah. On purpose. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your worm food. <laughs> what about your soul? Mm-hmm. See, you have to remember the devil wants you to be distracted with all this stuff. Right. The Bible has 1,189 verses in it. Check this out. The first two chapters are good. After that, it's pure chaos all the way to the last two chapters of Revelation <laughs> with mankind. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, this is just part of it. Mm-hmm. But you still need to be saved. That's right. Pre-rapture, during rapture, post-rapture, seven-day events tomorrow, never know when, Mormon rapture, you, regardless of when it happens, the one thing we event we know that all humans face is death. Mm-hmm. And with that, the only thing that if only thing that I know of is I need to be saved. 
And the only thing Jesus gave us to do was save. Think about this. The story of Philemon is a story of a slave whose status did not change. As a matter of fact, Paul told him to go back to the, your master, but, but your master's now saved, and he should treat you different, but you're still his slave. Mm. He didn't change the culture of that day. The culture wanted to kill him. The religious Jews wanted to kill him because he wouldn't change the culture. They wanted a, a, a savior like David to defeat the, their occupier. And he didn't. He did not. He did not tell one Gentile person that if they were a whitewashed tomb. He told the Pharisees that. He was hard on the religious people. He wasn't hard on the culture. See, y'all got to start being honest. Quit using Jeremiah 29, 11. In, in, in a way that you that don't make sense. When you read Jeremiah 29 11, he's telling you he's sovereign. He said, I know the plans I have for you. Stop, period, right there. Stop right there. He knows the plans that he has for you. So it has nothing to do with what you got faith in. I know when I'm going to prosper you. I know when you're not going to prosper. I know what's going to bring me glory, and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And guess what he wanted to do to the nation of Israel to get to Jeremiah 29 11 to get them hope? That, that he said, you're going to be in captivity for seven years. Now think about this. There's some people that heard that passage from Jeremiah and never made it back to the promised land. Hello, 70 years. If you were one year old and went to Babylon, you were 70 if you made it back. Daniel didn't make it back. So how did Jeremiah 29, 11 work for him? I'm waiting. Mm -hmm. Don't be so nescient. <laughs> How did it work for him? Okay. If you was 50, 70 years from the time that you got went to, got deported, you was 120 if you lived to be that long. If you was 30, you was 100. If you was 20, you were 90. And everybody didn't go back. That's why, and again, Jeremiah 29, 11 really ain't really happened for them because they went from Rome. See, y'all think y'all, see, y'all don't, y'all don't follow the real history. That's what makes me upset about people y'all don't read. After the Romans, they don't even have a place of worship. The temple has been destroyed. And Jesus said it was going to be destroyed. And they got destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans. And after the Romans, what do we have? They've never had any peace in that land to this day, right now. Mm -hmm. So when is Jeremiah 29, 11 going to happen for them? Where have they prospered? When have they prospered as a nation? They've been scattered ever since. And if you read, read Revelation, he tells you when they, when they come back, it's going to be peace and, and Jesus is going to sit on the throne. Well, even if you think it's spiritual, there's supposed to be a reality of peace. Where's the peace? Ain't no peace now. And the thing they made after World War II, man did that. God didn't do that. All the enemies still attacking them. Because if you ever been to Jerusalem, you would know this. 
that it ain't as holy as you think over there. Jerusalem, Jerusalem is just like a, a, a microcosm of the United States. You think that all these devout people walking around, uh-uh, they are secular Jews. They are Jew by heritage, Jew by name, but they party like a rock star and they don't even observe their own Sabbath. They don't become uh, 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 Jews in, in nationality until they get attacked. You go to Tel Aviv on a Saturday, they kicking it in the club. Yeah, you got some Orthodox Jews there, but they're not the majority. They're the minority. So yeah, make it make sense. Y'all being distracted by all these aliens and stuff like that, and and people dying every day around you, and you and you playing hey Tanika, you playing Ghostbusters. <laughs> You know, instead of calling police, they should have called Ghostbusters. Yeah, they would have answered, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're, the government's trying to cover up. Okay, they've been, man, they covered up all kind of stuff. Haven't you lived long enough with the government cover up, tell you what they want you to know, and when they want you right. to know it, and they get you ready for it? So what? You still gonna die? <laughs> We end up at that. <laughs> I mean, I want my people to grow up and quit being so silly. Mm -hmm. I mean, my people, I'm talking about Christians. I ain't talking about necessarily African-American. I'm talking about Christians. We need to grow up, be more mature about some stuff. Should nothing mm -hmm. shake you that happens in this world. He said the world will get worse. Surprise. Yeah, he said the world will get worse. Y'all thinking the world will get better, then it's going to get worse. Are you waiting for a revival? Where, where, where y'all get this from? <laughs> They, had, they just didn't have that with the, with, the, with the Ashbury thing at the university. Ain't nothing changed in the United States. Mm -hmm. There's still killing going on. See, I'm the kind of person that believe when God show up, things actually change for real. And for good. I don't serve a partially saving God. I, I serve a God that say he saves to the uttermost. I serve a God that if you decide to abide in him, that, that you will endure. It's called the perseverance of the saints. You will endure. So saints, let's endure all this sensationalism. Let's do all, endure all this bad leadership. Get back into your local church where you can exercise your gift and quit hiding in the numbers of people. You're being herded in like cows. That man that you can't get to and talk to, that man ain't your pastor. Maybe you don't want a pastor. Maybe you want to continue to do what you want to do and not be accountable yourself. A mega church is a great place to do that one at. He don't know you and you don't know him and and you know that you can't talk to him and he sure is not going to call you, but you sure going to get your money. And maybe you like how maybe you're paying to be hidden. So, yeah. So, T, what you think about the aliens? What do you what is your synopsis? Man, I really don't. I really don't have any kind of thought about it in that. I don't care. Because regardless of, like you said, regardless of all these things, can you stop whatever they're going to do? You can't. If these things are 10 foot tall um, and they smash you down, what 
How are you going to stop them? Are you going to be able to stop them? You can't stop them. And then now they have disappeared. Where have they gone? You don't know. And that they come back. All these things that are happening in this world, regardless, there are things that are going to happen and continue to happen. And God is intentional about what happens regardless. And you can't stop any of it. None of it. No. No, None God is in control even of the other dimensions. So if they come right. through, he's allowing them to come through. And, he's and again, to see and again if they phase in and phase out, there's nothing material that we can do to hurt them. <laughs> right. You're so the whole U.S. There. Army could have showed. <laughs> the whole U.S. Army could have showed up, evacuated everybody, leveled the whole building, but they phased out. And they disappeared. Now what? They disappeared. But guess what? You still gonna die. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Right. You, if you ain't saved, you're going to lift your eyes up in hell. <laughs> and that's a terrible place because, like I said before, when I hear people say go to hell, you really shouldn't want to say that and want people to actually go there. Not even my worst enemy. Do I want to see you wither and die and end up in hell and then cast into the lake of fire? No, I don't want that. I would want to see you make the decision for Christ. That would be the best way. But if you want to shake your fist at God, I'm like, yeah, I know you provide a way, God, but I think I'm going to do this on my own. I think I'm okay with sin. I got this. Deuces. Then you've made your choice. Yeah. And, and I want to tell those who carry the word of God, I, wanna encourage, I, wanna, I want to remind you of something. The day you accepted your calling to move into position to carry, teach this word, you have decided that no matter what goes on, no matter how many friends you lose, you have been selected out of the many to be part of the few read your bible none of the men of god or the women of god had a whole bunch of entourage people around them the prophets okay that's a lonely walk mm -hmm. but you know what if you really called you can't do nothing else but do it because your satisfaction is in being the servant of god and doing what he called you to do maturing into knowing that you may have a handful of true friends and that even the people that you come to minister to will hate you, but you've got to love them enough to stick in and stay. You have to endure just like Christ did. The Bible says, if you grab hold of this plow and look back, you're not fit for the kingdom. Let me take you in a deep understanding of what he's saying. There's everybody has a plow and a road to hold. And there are some that are called to hold this role of delivering the word of God and too much is given, much is required. And if you desire to be a teacher, you teach and you and you teach wrongly. You're going to be beat with many stripes. But he says, if you grab this, this thing and look back, see, once you just once you've been called to this and you move into that calling, ain't no sense. You looking back, you might as well just look for it, because guess what? Your mission may be to preach to one person. Can you be satisfied if God said you thinking it's all glamour and God said your only job is to preach to one person and then you die. And that one person go on to preach to 10,000, 10 million people. Guess what? That person that you preached to that accepted Christ and you died and got martyred, that person will build your treasures in heaven. See, y'all don't like that teaching. You think you called to some kind of glamour thing. Let me tell you, if you really called to this thing, it's a lonely walk. Mm -hmm. 
I pose this to you. You got to go do something for your mama, your daddy, whoever you love. And then there's a person going down the street and God says, go over there and give them the gospel. But you're going to be late. You might not even make it to the function. Mom is having her 100th birthday party. You might not even make it to the function. But God's got this person. And for some reason, you just you you can sense that God wants you to pull over. But you're telling God, no, 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 no. I got to make it to my mom, my grandmama's 100th birthday party. Remember, you grab the plow. You ask God to use you. You don't get to pick the obstacles he put in your way to test whether you're worthy to be used. How many of us will fail that test and be like, I got God got to just forgive me. I'm going to go to my grandmother's thing. When the young man came to him and he said, follow me, he made all kinds of excuses. One was, I need to bury my father. My father, see my father, I need to go back and wait till my father get buried to get my inheritance. He said, let the dead bury the dead. Mm-hmm. Be honest with yourself. Do you really want to carry this? Do you really want to officially carry this? Everybody who saved is called to be a minister, but I'm talking about that next level, not of glory, but of responsibility and accountability and commitment consistently. Not to build your fortune, but to build God's kingdom. How do you deal with if you're friends of the friends of this world, you are enemy of God and you all you seeing is worldliness. Benzes and all that stuff. And he says, when, when you have people who have riches, they're going to have a hard time getting into heaven because they believe their riches signify the blessing of God and their relationship with God is even better. Let me tell you, you could be rich as Solomon and end up going to hell. Mm-hmm. And Solomon wrote a whole book and said, all of his vanity. He said, all of his vanity. He even told Solomon. He said, if you go after these other women, they're going to turn your back. They're going to turn you away from me. And Solomon wasn't one of the wisest, richest man in the world. And he still turned his back on God because his flesh was strong. His flesh, his flesh controlled him. Back in Deuteronomy 31, read 31 and 32. At some point, Moses is about to die. 120 years. He's about to give it to Joshua. And he talked about the promised land. Then God breaks off and says, they're, they're going to go into the promised land. Now think about this. And they're going to whore after other gods. And I'm going to punish them. Wow. They haven't even made it in. And he already knows. You know how he knows? Because they their habits of being consistently disobedient. It started as soon as they crossed, as soon as they got out, got out from, from, the, from captivity. And Moses went up to talk to God. What is their cycle? The Israel cycle. The minute that they prosper, they are on the verge of being idolatry all over again because the struggle has been taken away. The suffering has been taken away. It's the suffering that makes you obedient. It's not the prosperity. The prosperity tricks you and makes you think everything is okay. And you ride on the coattails of prosperity and you begin to idolize the prosperity and you'll turn away from the true and living God who gave your parents who struggled the prosperity. Do you have any thoughts on that, T? Oh, I think you're right. You know, this this is is not an easy thing, and it wasn't. Jesus didn't promise that it's going to be glamorous. He never said that. 
You never promised that. So that's that's my feeling of it. Just continue to be consistent, continue to run for him and don't defect. Don't don't be abandoning your first love. Don't do that. But before I say any more, because my time is going, did you want me to go down? Well, how much time we got left? How much time you got left? I have twenty eight seconds. Okay. Yeah. Go down and uh come back okay. up. Because we're gonna end okay. the show. Okay. All right. So when you go down, I'll hit the thing and bring you back up. She's already back down. Well, you know, I heard a story that if something was like this, I, I don't I don't remember exactly. The guy said, and I heard this on Instagram, I thought it was so profound. He said that he said, My dad used to walk ten miles to work. And then my father walked, my grandfather walked 10 miles. My father walked five miles. I have a Cadillac. My son drives a Benz and my grandson will have a Ferrari. And he said, hard times make good men. Good men make easy times. Easy men make hard times. Something like that. The struggle makes us stronger. It always has and it always will. So you need to think about this. Where does the sovereignty of God play in your life? How is it real in your life? Can you handle the sovereignty of God? Your faith is not an instrument of force that you exact on God to get what you want. Your faith is in Jesus Christ. And a sovereignty and that even when you don't get what you want, it's yes and amen. Because you're going to trust God no matter what. You're not going to sit back and let uh, your trust fall on whether you get it or not. Your faith is really tested when God says no, right? When God providentially, sovereignly says no and says, I don't want that for you. But you've been wanting it all your life. And he said, no, I don't want that for you. I want something else for you. And I haven't even showed it to you yet. But I want to see how you handle no before I give you a yes, because I've been saying yes, yes, yes about your destiny. But you want something that's outside of your destiny that I want to give to you. So what do you do? How do you handle that? You come on back up to how do you handle that? How do you handle that? Yeah, how do you handle that? The sovereignty of God. Okay. People don't like it. Yeah, people don't like the sovereignty of God because, again, uh, I was giving a video about faith does miracles and all that stuff. No, let me tell you what does miracles. God sovereignly does a miracle. He doesn't need your faith to do a miracle. And what we've done is, is actually water down what a miracle is. A miracle is something that goes against the natural laws. For instance, a miracle would be if I throw an apple up in the air and it kept going up. Because, you know, the natural law of gravity says it pulls a fall down. That's a miracle. If somebody has an arm that's cut off and then they grow another arm, that's a miracle. Okay? A surgery to reattach an arm that's been severed it may be great and fantastic. 
but it's not a miracle because it's, that surgery is being done all over the world all the time. God mm-hmm. has blessed these surgeons to have the education to be able to do that. Now, technology is not a miracle. Technology is progress. But what a miracle is something that goes against the, the natural laws that are established by God. So you can test whether it's a miracle or not. That's why he told him when he did the miracle of the axe head floating. Axe heads don't float. They sink. We have to get in a position to decide how we're going to deal with the sovereignty of God. Do you really want God to be sovereign over your life? That means whatever God wants, you want. And whatever situation, CIA, circumstance, incident, accident in life that you in, God is sovereign. You, you learn from him. Instead of asking why, ask what are you trying to show me about you and myself? And really, it's real simple, y'all. God wants you to trust him. God wants you to trust him. God wants you to trust him in the midst of your situation. And he'll decide when you when you're done. My first sermon was dipped in the grease and not done yet. And I compared it to everybody that didn't have fried chicken. Probably at some point they had some fried chicken that looked good and crispy on the outside, but wasn't done. And what do the person do if they still cooking? They put it right back in the grease until it's done. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the way God is with you. Sometimes he dips you in situations that are hot, uncomfortable, you don't like. And no, you can't determine when to get out of it. And your faith has to sustain you in it. It doesn't make God get you out until you learn the lesson. Your faith sustains you in the hot grease. See the difference? I don't have the faith to get me out. I had the faith to maintain, sustain and endure while I'm in it. Till I learn the lesson that God shows me until I submit, till I bow my knee, till I humble myself and learn the lesson. And the faith that helped me endure is the faith that's going to help me out. But I could, but if I have faith in God and my only faith in God is to get me out, then I'm missing the lesson of endurance. It's really so simple. So tell you what you think. I think people like making things complicated that don't need to be. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, like you just said, it's it's so simple, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes we tend to make things more complicated and it doesn't need to be. Like how many times you and I have talked and discussed that there are people, we know that Jesus has fulfilled everything, but for some apparent reason, people want to be back in under bondage and under the law. Why? Because they they want that. They want to go back to that. Even though they can't fulfill any of that, they still want to be under bondage. Although they've been set free from that, they don't want to go back to that and make it more complicated than it's already been simply taken care of, handled, and it is finished. Yeah. So why would you it's been kept back? in Christ. Yeah. Exactly. And those of us in the Christ get that thing called imputed righteousness, mm-hmm. which is the righteousness of Christ. It's not our righteousness of our own. We didn't earn it. We we receive it by faith. He paid the price for us. Mm-hmm. And that's but now all these gurus right. that I'm listening to got a Christless Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's all about self-improvement. There's nothing in the Bible that talks about self-improvement. It talks about getting saved. A new creature, a new creation. Old things pass away. 
All things can become new. There are things just in the sanctification process. There are things that should fall off of you. And you're not going to chant them off of you. You're not going to meditate them off of you. You're going to stay abiding in the true vine. And as you abide, the true vine will continue to nourish you and wash you with the water of the word. And the Bible says, believe upon him, meet Jesus, as the scripture has said, and out your belly or your heart, depending on what verse you have, shall flow the rivers of living water. Ain't that a good thing that you can get? You don't even have to be a pastor to do this. He said, anyone who believes upon him, as the scripture has said, and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then he said, I'm the bread of life. And anybody that eat of him will never hunger or thirst anymore. Mm -hmm. And he says he wants to give it to you. But you want to come up on some old kind of guru way because you want people to follow you. <laughs> I don't do what I do because I want to follow him. I do what I do because I was called. And whether one person follow me or 10,000 people follow me, it don't make no difference to me because I know there's somebody that I'm supposed because I'm still here that I'm supposed to talk to about Jesus and, and, and get them saved with the gospel of grace. I'm going to die one day. And you know what I want to hear? T.D. Jake said that. it, but he gonna, he's going to hear it from a different angle. See, it ain't going to be Jesus saying good and faithful servant. If he's done what he did, it's going to be somebody else saying, you did. like Jesus said, you are from your father. Mm -hmm. And he's going to say it's, you was a good and faithful servant. See, you got to remember, there's only two two masters you can serve. Yep. There's not a third one. And there's not. A and all them other all them other gods that are not gods, they lumped into the, the other one, not the only true and only one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sovereignty of God, TD Jakes, aliens, William Murphy, <laughs> all of it go together. It's <laughs> You know what, too, Pastor Jay, I was thinking, too, that sometimes also that we still have people that are trying to play the middle, like our vlogger friend, Larry Reed. Why do you want to play the middle? You're going see there's there is a decision and a choice to make regardless. You're going to be picking a side. And if you haven't picked a side, you'll be lumped to the side you're supposed to go with. But there's no middle of the road. There's no just straddling the fence as it were, you have to make a side. And when it comes yeah, to pick Jesus, a side. yeah, nobody can stay neutral when it comes to Jesus. You can't, you are no. going to really profess how you, how you think and believe. And, and see, he even said, if you warm, or if you, if you lukewarm, he's going to spit you out. That means if you straddle the fence mm -hmm. and try to play the odds and, and once you see it teetering one way, then jump on the right side of the fence. Mm -mm. Don't be on the wrong side of history with Jesus. Cause on the wrong side of history with Jesus on the right side of hell with, with the Satan. Okay. Don't don't do that. Don't lose your soul chasing after the worldly things. Mm -hmm. Everything you obtain, everything you get, think about this, will go to somebody else and you don't even know if they're going to appreciate it like you did. There were things my mom and dad died that they worked so hard to get and I, and I, and I look at them every day. A uh, 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 China cabinets and all this brick brack stuff that I grew up with. And guess what? None of my mother's father's grandchildren want any of it. And I grew up with it. And I'm trying to get rid of it. <laughs> and they valued it. Before it took a while before my my dad stopped driving, maybe seven to ten years 
before and he he was one from the old school where he kept his car immaculate you know what i'm saying yeah he from the old school he kept his 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 lincoln town car his lincoln mark four his lincoln mark five immaculate and his last car was a uh uh a lesaber a buick lesaber decked out with the cloth top and everything the coach top the wheels and everything and it sat out in the, the driveway for so long the tires rotted out and the, and the squirrels start building a nest in the engine. We went to sell it. We we went out there to try to start it, right? <laughs> and, of course, nothing happened. Open up the hood. There's three or four squirrels' nests in the engine. <laughs> but this is the same car. My, you couldn't tell my daddy that his car wasn't clean. But when his mind went through dementia and he couldn't drive anymore, I didn't value that car. My brother didn't value that car. My sister didn't value that car. And that car set. The thing my dad went out there and shined every Saturday. Now sitting there. That showed me something. That showed me that we push too much value in the things that, that we have. Not saying that you can't enjoy them, but my God, my dad, if you breathed on that car, he would know. But did my dad have a relationship with Jesus like that? No. Hmm. We spent so much time overcoming and we have an education is great and i'm all for it but we got to have a balance what made us strong was our spiritual relationship with god in the struggle and what we did is we conquered to get out of the struggle and now the spiritual relationship is gone you know it used to be you have a family of, of, of children that grew up say well my, we didn't go to church but we went to church on easter mother's day and christmas now you got whole kids that ain't they never been to church Mm. And it used to be you did at least go on Easter. You don't they don't even go on Easter yeah. no more. Exactly. Parents don't go on Easter no more. Parents don't make their kids go to church no more. Mm-hmm. And you know whose fault it is? It's the church's fault. Because I was one of them. And now I've become part of the body of Christ, and I'm a pastor of a church. And we church different. We church. We we for real. Do we have issues? Of course we do. There ain't no perfect church. Mm-hmm. But we're going to walk this thing out by the word of God. That's why I teach lying about how many people that, you know, teach, you've been in church a long time. How many times did you have experienced other than after you met me where you were you were you at the church level? You had line by line and verse by verse teaching. Maybe twice. Through the whole book. Okay, well, not the whole book, but... <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> and you've been in church since Cotton was a baby. Who's Cotton? Oh, God. That, y'all know who Cotton what? is. She don't, she don't, she don't know. know. Part, pardon me. We, we do have an age difference between me and her. Yeah, Cotton <laughs> was a baby, yeah. I ain't gonna even explain it. Little Rascals. Oh, cotton, okay. cotton was 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 I think Stymie's or or uh, Stymie's little brother. He had a little brother. Yeah. Okay. Named cotton. Didn't know that. All right. Or Farina's little That's brother. I know. I think Stymie. Farina was Stymie, and Cotton was Stymie. Yes, yeah, uh, Stymie was the older, the black guy, the older, young black guy. Yeah, the yeah with the hat. Yeah. Or book we one of them. But either way, anyway, <laughs> back to what I was saying. 
Most people <laughs> yeah. haven't been through a whole book of the Bible and studied it. Mm -hmm. They've been in church all their life. You've hopped around. Your pastor's hopped you around from here to there, melding the scriptures together, taking scriptures out of context, all of that stuff. That's why you take Jeremiah 29 11 out of context. Again, if you want to get to Jeremiah 29 and 11 in your life, go to 70 years of oppression and captivity, then talk to me. You don't want to do that part, huh? They don't like that kind of teaching. They don't like that kind of teaching. Before you get to Jeremiah 29 and 11, go through 26, 27, and 28 and get to 29. And then go through the false prophets that told Jeremiah and the people of Israel, y'all ain't going to captivity. All the things that Nebuchadnezzar took are coming back in two years. And you know what the man of God wanted? He loved his people so much that he prayed that his message wasn't real. I can understand that. Because they, they weren't having it. They wanted to kick, they wanted to hit him. They wanted to, to put him in jail. They wanted to kill him. And like Jesus said, y'all killed all my prophets. Mm -hmm. But the soothsayer come in and say, hey, it ain't going to happen. Thus said the Lord. And you know what Jeremiah said? Shoot. Amen. And then they say, Jeremiah went away for a while. Then the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, now you go back and you tell him, I didn't send him and I'm going to put a yoke of iron on Israel and I'm going to kill him. And guess what? God killed him. And then the Bible says by two or three witnesses, everything is established. Start at 26, read it through. There's a point at either 26 or 27 when there's another prophet named Uriah that prophesied the same thing that 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 that, that Jeremiah said. Now, this is what I mean when your mess when when your mission is a message and then something happened to you. Guess what? His message was the same as Jeremiah, so that means it's established by two. Guess what happened to him? They caught him and killed him. They caught him and killed him. His name is Uriah. It's not the Uriah from from David's days. Okay, don't please. But they <laughs> caught this prophet and killed him. Now you would think this. Jeremiah was supposed to live through it. He was supposed to be a witness to Jeremiah's message. And then once his witness was over, he died. He got killed. He didn't die like no natural death. He got killed. God allowed him to get killed and Jeremiah to live on. It's the sovereignty of God. Think of John the Baptist, born with the Holy Spirit in him, with a mission in his heart. Did his mission. And next thing you know, his head is sitting under, sitting under a, sitting under a roasted dish that you put turkey on. Mission oriented. Once you accept the calling of God, you become mission oriented. And when you become mission oriented, your life is not your own. You give your life to him and he does what he wants to do with it. And, and if he wants to have you go from 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 Paul's rich, famous, uh, a prosperous life, well planned out. To be a chief Pharisee, to telling Paul, I'm going to show you how much you must suffer for my sake. And then Paul goes into that long thing about I've been beaten. I've been beaten so many times. I've been shipwrecked so many times. That wasn't what Paul had planned for his life. And he was very religious. But when you meet God, you just do what God said. Just go on and deal with the consequences. And like and Paul didn't. Paul figured he was going to speak to kings and queens and not be in chains. Paul figured, oh, yeah, yeah, you told me I'm going to speak to kings and queens. I'll be in their court. But you went to their court as a prisoner, not a guest. 
Y'all better wake up. That's all I got to say. Y'all better wake up. So, do we have any comments tonight? Does anybody want to? I don't. I didn't see any comments. Do you have anybody that you thought wanted to come up and say anything? No, I don't know. No, I just told them we'd be on tonight. They might be down there. Well, you know, you have I told somebody them. How, you know, I told them that, that they could come up when they want to. I wonder if they yeah. want to come up. But we, we ain't got nobody yeah, really here, so that ain't no biggie. Yes, yes, you do. What are you talking about? Yes, you do. I mean, we got fifteen. Oh. Hey, 15 of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta laugh about this a little bit. If you want to come up, put your, put your, say you want to come up for a few minutes. Yeah, I, please. I and then if you want to come up and say anything about what we talked about or add something to it, I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. But do not come up and start hocking your book, your tape, your thing. Don't do that. Don't okay, do this, that. Ain't, this ain't that, okay? <laughs> don't try to hijack the show trying to sell your wares you got to clear that with me or T before you come on okay <laughs> so don't do that but uh, for those who are going to listen in the um, rebroadcast on Monday morning conversation with T Drake and Pastor J um, it's going to be on YouTube on the Walker Truth Radio Network page the Walker Truth Radio Network Facebook page my personal Facebook page it's going to be on Spotify, wherever you can get your podcast from. And this is going to be in an audio format, just like now. So you can listen and go and do your multitask. And I heard that today. I said, yeah, tell them. Just listen. We want you to listen. You don't need to see what we, you don't need to see me all the time in video. You need to listen to what I'm saying. That's the, that's the problem. You always want to see versus listening. Faith come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. You always want to see something. You need to be listening to something. Close your eyes and listen to what I'm saying. Test what I say to be true. Don't worry about a video. Matter of fact, I might go. T, I was thinking about I might go back to just doing audio at the church. Oh, yeah? For a minute. Mm-hmm. They don't need to see you. Well, see okay. us. They need to listen to us. Well, yes. And remember that that whole thing that you went through about this. I, the, yeah, but, I, but, but no, think go about ahead. this. I'm not saying I'll never do it again. But I'm just oh, saying. I'm just saying it, it people are too caught up in what he got on, what he wearing, nah, 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 what this person got on, and then you're missing the message. Mm-hmm. Just like just like with Jesus, message. you got caught up in the fish and the loaves and you missed the message. Mm-hmm. See, if you're not worried about seeing me, you can go on and sit there and do you can multitask. If you try to look at me and drive, you know what I'm saying? I'll look at the service and drive, you know, that's a hard thing. Out. Yeah, just mm-hmm. put it on and listen to it. Let Same it thing with our Bible title, Bible studies. Put it on and listen. Even if it's on YouTube, you know, I might still record them. But uh, again, it's more important that you listen to what we're saying. Uh, we're in Corinthians in the day class and Jeremiah in the evening class. And we're in Jeremiah chapter 4 and Corinthians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It's not being taught by me. It's taught, being taught by Sister Venus for the Old Testament and Dr. Brown, Dr. Venus and Dr. Brown for Dr. Brown for the first Corinthians. So, yeah, please come over and check us out, you know. Uh, so, yeah, if nobody wants to come up and, and say anything, comment. And maybe I'm crazy. 
Maybe that's why I want to come up because they think that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe they say we need to get him off the air so he can have some lithium. Um, I'm not crazy. <laughs> well, I'm not you know crazy what? about long shot. I still want. I still want to at least give someone an opportunity because I know maybe they just they just wanted to have another opportunity. Man, no, because we get. I'm getting bed. You said, man, no, <laughs> no. If you want to come up, I'm, we just put in the comment and she'll go down, and we'll let you come up, and you can say whatever you want to say. You know, okay. you can, yeah. So if you want to say something, she'll see it in the comment, and she'll go down, hit the. Oh, little, I got something. You got something. Who wants to come up? Nancy wants to come up. She says, how do I come up? So I'm going to okay. go down. You want to explain to her? Yeah, go on down. Okay. Na- I'm going to go down. Okay. Okay, Nancy, I see you. Okay, just hold on. Don't do nothing. Okay. Don't do nothing. Okay, she'll be counting down now. Hey, Fancy. My mic is, is am I on? You here? Hey, can I you can hear me? you. Yes, I may. Okay. Yes, I can. Okay, great. <laughs> you did it. Okay, I didn't know what I was doing. I think. Okay. Well, you this in? This is a great conversation. Yes, okay. I am in. This is awesome. So, y'all, this is this is Fancy Nancy. Full disclosure, hello. she's a member I'm of Walking there. Truth. So, so say hello to everybody. Nancy, your first time on the air. Go ahead. It is. Hello, everybody. I hope everyone is having a great night. This was a great conversation. Um, now I get how to do it. So I just got to just say, put it in that text. I had to find out how to do that. So I just kept pushing all the buttons. Oh, well, no. well, I mean, you were there when T went down, you came up. I mean, the, the, it notified me, said that you was there. Got it. Okay. So, did you hit the microphone? Um, I guess I did not do that. I thought I did, but her picture was still there. Okay. Maybe. Oh, because her time wasn't up. Okay. Okay. Well, whatever. When when she went down, you were there for me to pick up. Yeah. So, what you want to talk about? So, well, I just, I just really wanted to. Um, I'm thinking about the scripture what I put in on I guess in your text when they're talking about um in Ephesians five, mm-hmm. Ephesians five and eleven, and it says, "Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them." So could that be relatable to like the exposures that's coming about with TD Jakes and anybody else, all those other names. I don't know the other passages you talking yes. about. The TD Joshua and the yes. So is that that could be all? Yes. Now I think about what it says. If you read that passage, mm-hmm. it says, "Who who's doing exposing? The people. God's people are doing the exposing." Yeah. So yeah, this so thing of touch not thine, knowing it, do no profit, no harm. How do you get that and then get that? Well, the one has nothing to do with the other. You see what I'm saying? Touch thy prophet, do no prophet, no harm is about David and the king. It ain't got nothing to do with you. First of all, that was Israel. They ain't got nothing to do with you. Because if that's the case, let's think about this, Nancy. If that's the case, why did Jesus say everybody killed his prophets? They were the anointed men. Jeremiah was anointed man of God. 
Isaiah was anointed man of God, and everybody laid hands on him. David was anointed man of God. So why doesn't that work across the board? Because that's not me. That's taken out of context. Exactly. Hold up. Jesus was anointed, and they touched him. And they touched him. Yeah, he was the ultimate anointed one. Right. Uh, uh, John the Baptist was anointed, and they cut his head off. Jesus even said, doing his thing, he said, you've killed all my prophets. And now you seek to kill me. So, yeah, we pose exposed false teachers. And but we see, have we a don't... responsibility to do so. Yes. And I yes. guess, is there going to be a, okay, but we have a responsibility <coughs> to do so. And then is there a, um, a method, maybe, I don't know if I'm using the right word, but mm-hmm. some practicality and when we are exposing them not to talk i guess condemn them but to expose them for the falsehood we don't need to condemn them because if they're leading people astray they already condemned because they don't believe in the one true jesus you go back to john uh men prefer darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil Mm -hmm. and the reason they are the reason they are condemned because they don't believe because if you believed in the true Jesus and saved and sanctified full of the Holy Ghost, you would be scared to lead his sheep astray. Exactly. And so because the greater condemnation is for those who lead his sheep astray. You're going to be beat with many stripes. So we ain't got to condemn them. We just need to expose them. Because what we do is when we expose them, this is how we really supposed to expose them. Mm-hmm. Go back to Matthew 18. Let's just say we consider them brothers, uh-huh. right? We. Okay. We go to them and say, hey, man, you, you, you know you're teaching false. If they say they're arrogant, then you bring a witness mm-hmm. and say, hey, this brother's not teaching per scripture. And you can use the scripture to prove they're not teaching scripture by, in context. If they continue, then you, it's tough, the Bible says, treat them like a publican. Come out from among him. Mark, the Bible says, I, think, I forget where it says, mark and avoid them. So could it be that people like of someone that is of um, um, T.D. Jakes' status because his mm-hmm. status, had his platform is so large and he reached, I mean, movies, think about like his following, his movies, his connections, that now that he's gotten much bigger that people are afraid i'm just gonna use that word afraid yeah they're afraid that he's doing wrong because he's like a gangster yeah he's afraid you ain't going up to don corleone and tell him that he's doing wrong (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're afraid he can make things happen to you but those of us are called we ain't scared to die for righteousness sake man please because the minute you the minute the minute you get exposed, people can get can break away and get saved. And that the problem the problem is people are so invested in wrong that when right when light comes, men prefer darkness rather than light. Yeah, we we're not just talking about him. We're we're I'm more concerned about the people who follow him that it will say they're done with church because of him. Now think about it. He didn't did more than what the devil could ever do. He didn't got people to turn away from the true and living God. And it ain't God. It ain't the church that did that to them. It's him. It's him. It's him. It, you got to lay 
it at the foot of the individual. You can't broadly blame the church of God with that because if it is, if he's done this, it's not the church of God. So the people would be too prideful to prideful, I guess, scared that, uh huh, uh huh, too religious. Religion. They want to be wrong. They've done it for so long, exactly. Yeah. Too long you, in the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> when you're too long in the wrong. <laughs> yeah. Too. If you built the house, and now the house. Think about God. Say, build a house on the rock, not on the sand. You built the house on the sand, and now the waves are coming of righteousness, and it's washing away your foundation. You're gonna do everything you can to keep that house up, because you don't want to be wrong. You don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to look like a fool. Think about all the other bishops around the world that are like his sons that are attached to him. That 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 don't know, man, they're going to run to the their congregation going to be like, uh, so how do you play into this? Mm. You see, this is Could bigger than also, him. Yeah, could that also be reflective of. So like you said, people who are attached to them or people who are following him or any. And let's not use him. Any, 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 let's, let's use, let's, any, let's get a, any, any leader who's lead that may be leading the people astray. Exactly. So then if they have been under that kind of teaching for so long, is that, that could be reflective. Like, okay, well, if you are studying the word, like if you were studying word the way you're supposed to, wouldn't you have recognized that already and been able to challenge them? Not necessarily, because if you've been taught wrong and that's all you know, and you've been it's been tickling your ears and telling you you're going to have a blessing with your name on it, that you're going to get a Cadillac, a car, a job and become an entrepreneur and, and the whole world is lost. You get to come up from the come up from the throw up from the throw up and the up and down. You've been told all that and that appeals to you. And, and e even if you had a monochrome of success with it and you're doing well, you ain't worried about sin. When you gonna get to sin? You you didn't you didn't got the American dream. When you gonna when are you gonna deal with your sin? Okay. It's never dealt with. Well, if it's never dealt with, that's not the gospel. That's another gospel. And Paul said, if they preach in, if an angel even preaches in any other gospel other than what I preach, let them be accursed. See, we talk about people's souls. I'm not. I don't care about their creature comfort. You want more out of life? Get a job. You want even more out of life? Get education. You want even more out of life? Invest some money. But I'm talking about that thing that's eternal. I'm not talking about your temporalness. Yeah. Okay. And see, what I'm saying is that motivational speaking speaks into your temporal. It doesn't speak into your eternity. Because I got something today. Yeah, it's good for the times. Not for eternal time. Okay, God's going to ask you a couple of things. What'd you do with my son's name? And what'd you do with the gospel? And you go talk about, look how many people I got to become millionaires. He's going to say, what that got to do with me? Did they repent of their sins? No. See, that's the danger of this. Because in America, think about it. A capitalistic system in America is about the material. We put people on pedestals based upon what they have, not who they are. Yes. So would that be relatable to if it says like, okay, God is going to take care of something like God will do. It. He'll take care of it. He'll take care of the issue, take care of the situation. But 
if the situation doesn't come out the way that we want, and I heard you speak earlier about it's going to, it should grow you up, not necessarily, and take you through the process. So for your, the building of your own character, it's not so much as taking care of it means, okay, I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay off the credit card bill. So you don't be in debt. It's more of taking you through the process and still being accountable for your decisions. Yeah. This is the thing. So many times you want to have faith to get you out of a situation. Mm-hmm. And God can. He, we know he can do anything, right? Exactly. exactly. But fail. We, we say that little cliche. He can do anything but fail. <laughs> okay. But if he doesn't get you out the way you want him to get you out, then in your mind, he your faith has failed you because you're counting on getting out the way you believe in your imagination. And I'm saying... What if success to God is leave you right there for 25 years? Exactly. Exactly. So then because you got to remember, sovereignty means it's his purpose, his plan. That's what other proverbs say. It's his purpose, mm-hmm. his plan. Yes, you make plans, but sovereignty and real faith says, God, I got a faith that I want to be whatever. I, I want you to do something, whatever. And, 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 and I'm going to leave it up to you mm-hmm. how you do mm-hmm. it, if you do it, when you do it. And in the meantime, I'm going to still trust you. And you may decide for your purpose and your glory, I need to stick and stay in this thing for 25 years. Well, whose faith is People being tested? Be, yeah, yeah. People may not and be God ready. may want you to die in that thing. Oh, my word. People are not ready for that answer. No, of course not. John the Baptist wasn't ready for it. John the Baptist said, shall we look for another? I am the anointed of God. I done did what God said. I done inaugurated you coming, the Messiah coming, and I end up in a dungeon, and some girl do the hoochie-coochie dance, and now they come to chop my head off. Should we look for another? And what did Jesus say? Now think about what Jesus said. He said, go tell John the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf here. He didn't change nothing about John's situation. He sure did not. He sure. He did just not. told John to have faith. That what you, what I remember, he wrote. Remember Jesus read the scroll, and he said what he came to do to set the captives free, to heal the sick, the blind, and all that. He just told him, "I'm still on mission." But what you inaugurated me into, I'm still on the. I'm still on mission. It has nothing to do with you. You fulfilled your role. And see, that's the part we can't handle. For those of us that are really not called, y'all can't handle the fact that <laughs> I may preach to one person and get killed the next day. And that's not the way that it's being visualized because they want the platform. They want the they want yeah. lights, camera, action. Yeah, they want to get rich. Yeah. They want to walk around in suits. And, and nobody in the Bible really, none of his prophets walked around like that. You got Solomon. That's it. Well, and he made a bad. He made a, a horrible thing. Made it worse. He, he he split the kingdom in two. Yeah. You see. Oh. So 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 again, the sovereignty of God works like this. Yeah. My. Whatever. Let let me do a hypothetical. My son or daughter or cousin that I love dearly. Goes out and commits some crimes. Okay. I don't want them to go to jail. 
Okay. I won't. I pray to God for them not to go to jail. But I'm also praying to God because I don't want them to go to jail because I love them so much. I don't want to go to jail. But think about this. On the other end of their crime, there's a victim. Right. The victim is praying for justice. Right. So. Even though I may be praying for them to get out of jail, not to go to jail. On the other side of their situation is a victim that wants justice from God. Each one has to accept the verdict. The one that has faith in God that wants justice may have to accept a verdict of them getting probation. And on the other end, the one who wants them to go free might have to accept God saying, no, they're going to jail. Now, there's three people involved. And each one needs to be looking for God in this. The person who's disappointed needs to look in God even the more and say, God, I trust your decision and I'm going to move on with my life, even though it didn't turn out the way I want it. Because you're a sovereign in my life. Meaning you can do whatever you want. You can do that to glorify you. Because I know whatever you do, you're going to glorify you. It's for your purpose. And so that's why in, in Romans 8, 28, it says all things happen to the good for those who love God that are called unto his purpose. It happens to the good or for the good or in a, in a sense, it's good because it's God's purpose. It's not good because it makes you feel good. So people are looking for the feeling good and that God took care of it. They want all of it. They want all of it. They want a genie. <laughs> yes. They want to so rub the magic wand of faith. And, 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 you know, like I said, I got something said to me about some faith and miracles. Faith unlocks the miracles. No, faith don't unlock no miracles. Faith brings you closer to the God who do miracles. But God still has to decide whether he wants to do it or not. You don't run God with your faith. That's ridiculous. You come to God with your faith and say, God, you sovereign. And I trust you. That's faith. And they don't know how to deal with the the no. I guess their own disappointment and what they yes. think was supposed to happen. There you go. They what they think supposed to happen because they prayed. And or I they have faith. But they only have faith in what they want to happen. They don't have overall faith in God's sovereignty in the situation. Wow. So while everything is yes and amen in God, you have to yes. accept yes. In the Godhead, they all agree all the time. So it is always yes and amen in the Godhead, but it ain't always yes and amen to you. In Christ, it's yes and amen. Okay, so how would someone, I mean, for practical purposes, if we had to tell someone like like that, we didn't like, okay, you don't like the answer, but we're going to trust in the sovereignty. How can you explain that to someone how to go forward in the, I guess, the disappointment, if you will. Well, let me ask you this. Did your mom and dad disappoint you and you still love them? Yeah. So how much more you should love yeah. God when he disappoints you? It's real. See, this ain't no deep stuff. Yeah. This is real simple exactly. stuff. But it, but people make want to make it deep. You were, mm. you were still your mother's and father's child and they loved you even when you was disappointed. Yeah. Sometimes they disappointed you for a good reason. And you couldn't see it until you grow up. So what's the key word? Saints, you need to grow up. Exactly. 
Quit being milk-fed babies. God is not your cosmic candy man. But that yeah. takes maturity and learning the word of God and learning these principles of God that says mm -hmm. God is sovereign. He does what he wants to do. He does everything according to what he wants. Everything comes out of his riches and glory. The earth is his and the mm -hmm. fullness thereof. He created everything. Yeah. Jesus, I was there. Yeah. In the, Jesus, I was in the wilderness with, with, with y'all. I'm the bread, real bread of life. What Moses gave y'all, your fathers perished. But if you eat me, if you partake of me, you have eternal life and you won't die. Well, they didn't understand eternal life for real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the Bible tells us we go from, from this life and step into eternity with no seamlessly. Yeah. Seamlessly. Seamlessly. Some people don't can't, can't recognize like that. It's not tangible. So people have a <coughs> difficult time looking at eternity forever because we're right here in the present. Yeah, but think about yeah, so the present. The past is over with, right? Yeah, exactly. The present is right now, right? Mm -hmm. Think about the reality of you one breath away from being in eternity. Yeah. See, your flesh tells yeah. you it's going to be tomorrow for you. It, exactly. But but see, when you grow and mature in God, I know that every breath, even us talking, every sentence, every syllable is a is a, is a grace of God. I don't deserve You're to talk to you. Vapor. We're but a vapor. Life is but a vapor. vapor. Yeah. And you're going to spend longer in eternity than you do here. So what I'm going to do while I'm here is try to build my treasures up in heaven that moth and rust and man can't get or steal by telling people, look, time is running out. You don't know how much time you got. You don't. You don't. You think you got tomorrow because your flesh wants to live on. But when God says it's over, it's over. Exactly. And can't nobody change that. Mama's faith, daddy's faith, it don't make no difference. When it's over, it's over. That's why I say if it's aliens coming back, whether you white as, as Crisco shortening or black as tar, you need to get saved. And all this other stuff, politics and all that other stuff are distraction to, to the flesh. Because all that does is and empower the flesh. Yes. It is a lot of distraction going on. And oh my word. But see, this is what I'm saying, Nancy. The average person, I I, I, I can understand this because I wasn't churched all the time. I wouldn't I'm I'm not churched now in per se, but I'm but I'm but I know that I'm called to do this because because what ends up happening is he'll take some people out of the sheep. I'm still a sheep. He takes people take some people out of the sheep and he gives them this this assignment. To, to, to stand on the wall, to warn, to teach, to bring the word to you. And again, if you want to accept that assignment, realize what it, what sacrifice you're going to have to make to maximize that assignment. It's not about having more stuff. It's actually about minimizing your life and not being involved in the world to the point that the world is what you're fighting against and not fighting for. I used to fight for the world. I'm fighting against the world that people might get saved and the world hates me. And that's fine with me because God already told me that was going to happen for my children. They're going to hate you. So I don't try to get along to go along to get along. 
Okay. There's no reason to. Okay. Because I'm going to have to answer for that. So for people to try to appease, so so you're saying for people to try to appease the world, that would that would put you in a position to end up having to water down the gospel just to appease them. Yeah. To, to, I want them in. I want them to come to our church so bad that I'm willing to to compromise the truth. Wow! And, and say that is what's uh, happening. And that's what has all that's that's been happening since Jesus left. Mm. Wow! Because it's easy. It's. it's do I want to tell it's, people they're going to hell? Do you think as as just a human being, I want to get invited to the barbecues? I want to still hang out. Yeah. But guess what? I don't get invited nowhere now. I mean, for real. You know why? Yeah. Because I'm going to, because, 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 not because of me per se, but because of the, sometimes it may be the respect people have for what I'm, what I'm doing now. Or it could be, they don't want me to start. Hey, they, they think I might snap. And, and spoil a barbecue while they turning up, smoking dope, all that stuff. Man, look. Yeah. What I would say is, I could still go to the barbecue. And when y'all start doing that, I gotta leave. Just let me eat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when y'all want to do that, I gotta leave. Now, if God put on my heart to really confront y'all with that, yeah, we we could talk about it. But my goal is to to not be compromising and not take a hit. No, I ain't going to do all of that. I'm going to just tell you the gospel. And the gospel is simply Jesus Christ died for your sins. And you need to first start with that. Admit you a sinner and admit you need a savior. Until you do that, I don't care how many times you go to church. I don't care how many times you dunked your water and been baptized. You got baptized at 13. See, because when I ask, remember, I'll tell you this. When I ask people about their salvation, they go into a litany of the historical narrative of their association with church since they was 13, and they never talk about their sin. Well, I got baptized at 13, and I went down to so-and-so Baptist church where my uncle was a deacon, and my mom worked on the choir, and she was uh, the first lady's assistant, and then my cousin, he was the adjutant <laughs> to the bishop, and, you know, I used to sing in the youth choir, and then when I got older, what does that got to do with your salvation? See, religion yeah. has tricked us too. The devil don't care nothing about religion. Remember the story I told you about the devil crying on the steps? Talking about people talking yeah. about in the, inside the church, talking about the devil made me do it. Yeah. He said, I don't know none of them. Lying on the father of lies. But yeah. the practicality is you have the practicality, Nancy, is you gotta mature into the, this frame of thinking. Because yeah. it doesn't come natural. It does not. We always want to blame somebody else for our situation, circumstances, incidents, and accidents. We always want to blame somebody else. It started back in the garden with Adam. We never want to take well, responsibility it, for it. Yeah, it takes it. It's easier. It's like it's not me. That's them. Yeah, they made me do it. Everywhere else, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know what? She was looking so fine that my shoes just magically ended up under her bed. Come on now. <laughs> Stop. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, wow. and, and all I'm all I'm all I'm trying to say is, you okay. still gonna make bad decisions, okay? This is the key. I'm not saying no. We ain't talking about sinless perfection where you never sin. 
We're talking about the volume of sin in your life as you get saved and walk out with God. It's like the volume not on your radio. You know, these kids out here, they like to have their stuff bumping and bumping. They got their windows closed and the whole neighborhood is still shaking. Imagine yeah. that to be sin. As you walk with God, you turn the volume down. Yeah. You turn that volume yeah. down. It's not so, yeah, it's not so prominent. It's not so you are. You You're know, not seeking it out like you used stronger. to. Yes, yes. Your convictions yeah. are much stronger. Your direction yeah. is much more focused, and your direction, your um, your prayer life. Kinda, you repent. Yes, all that. You yes. study the Word of God. Yes. You fellowship with the saints. There's, there's, it's a whole complete, magnificent package, but it does take what I what I always say: consistency. Yes. You can't be in, an inconsistent yes. Christian. Absolutely. Either you in Absolutely. or you out. And if you if you if you partially in, you lukewarm. God, I'm gonna spew you out. Remember, there's a passage that should scare everybody. Just churched that don't that's never admitted they a sinner. He said, "I never knew you. Depart from me." You oh. said, "I cast out demons." You said you prophesied oh. in His name. You said you done all these things in His name. And he gonna say, but I never knew you. Yeah. And you gonna say, well, why didn't you know me? I worked at doing this stuff. Works don't get you Workers. saved. You need to work. You need to believe in the work I did on the cross for your sins to get you saved. And if you you can't believe in the work that I did until you admit you a sinner. And people want to use their works because they just feel like. Well, they're good. This is all the things that I did. I feed the homeless. I, you know, I yeah. go out and give away things. I do X, Y, and Z. I do so many things in the community. I got all these awards. But you never, but you never made you as a sinner. And see, with works, you've got to compare wow. yourself to the next person. So you give away 10 hats to the homeless, and I give away 50. I've outworked you. Mm, well, now I can use the whole thing. Well, it's not my fault. It's their fault. See? <laughs> Why they have 40 other hats to give away? That ain't, right. no, it's based upon works. You can't, you, now you're going to make an excuse why you didn't give away 50. Well, you, exactly. you might have 40 hats and didn't give away 50. But I outworked you. That's why it's by grace. Wow. Grace yeah. makes the playing field level and it has nothing to do with works. I'll show wow. you, okay, two people doing two good, two people at two ends of the park. You, you yeah. giving close away to the homeless at one end of the park. I'm giving coach away at the homeless on the other end of the park. Okay. And we both say they ministries, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. We're both doing On your ministry. end, on your end, you're just giving away the coats, thanking the people, and not talking about Jesus at all. I'm doing the same coats on the other end, but I'm putting the gospel with it. What makes it a ministry is that Jesus is in it somewhere. Any social organization give away coats. Yes. What makes anything a ministry is it, it glorifies God. It edifies the body. You talk about Jesus along with your thing you doing. Exactly. So then when exactly. we, we both die the same day in the park, we done. Okay. You go to judgment, I go to judgment. God look at you and you say, God, I was in the park with, with Sutton and the gave way to gave way. We just I was just on the other side. I did the same amount of coats and everything. He said, Well, did you mention me? Oh no. 
Okay. Mm. So just hold it for a second. Sutton, mm. okay. Nancy, you was on the other side part giving away coats. Yes, sir. Did you tell people about the gospel? Did you give the tracks away? Oh, yes, sir. I was talking about you all the time. I talked to I talked to as many people came in front of me. I did mention you. Huh. So you mentioned me and she didn't. So which one mm. do you think gonna go to heaven? Wow, well you are, because all I was looking for was just a public pat on the back. You doing it for public. the yep. public. You you doing it to, yeah. to, for the people. You you doing it to feed to, to get your reward from people. And Jesus even got a description that about you already yes, received your does. reward. Yes. You yes. already received what you were yes. gonna get from the people. You know what you need me for. You didn't mention me, so now you want you want my reward, but you didn't mention me. Come on, wow. man. You can't be that stupid. I mean, wow. as a church, and I don't mean personally you, yeah. but I mean, you know, you yeah. know, I say yeah. stuff like that all the time. I say they gotta get used to me because exactly. I'm yeah. I gotta cut it straight because I don't know. I can't soft pedal this thing because it's too serious for me. Yes. There's no other way to say it but to say it. Yeah. I don't want you to lose your soul. I don't want you to go to hell. Right. I don't want you I don't want you to keep listening to them gurus that tell you all them lies to you. Well, you need to get in. I listen. You need to, yeah. <laughs> wisdom is weird, boy. You need to get in touch with your inner self and then watch your inner self go to your lower self. Then your lower self goes to a higher plane than your next self. Man, save that for somebody who don't know that you playing people, okay? Game, no game. Well, well I, I listened to um, and, and trying to, I was going on YouTube so I can uh, I did a workout, then I was going to listen to something on um, the Jeremiah studies that night. But then, you know, I got, I just jumped down a rabbit hole. Don't ask me why I did it, but at any rate, I was listening. There was this lady, I don't know her name, but I'm going to find it so I can send it to you. She was charging. She charged. I heard it. I, I don't think I've ever heard it this blatant. She told the lady that if you want this break because she wanted her to get married. The lady was like, oh, yes. And she's like, prophesy, prophesy. And she was like, if you want this blessing, I will go before God, but you don't have anything in your hand and you need to give me. And somebody came out and whispered something in that lady's ear. And so she got back on the microphone and said, okay, you have to do, I think it was like $1,500. Wow. I said, I said I'm, 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 I'm just outdone. I'm just like, did she say that for real? She told that young lady that she had to give her $1,500 because she said, I can't go to God for you unless you give $1,500. Now, see, what a part of the Bible where it tells in the Old Testament where it says, come, you, you can come without nothing. <sighs> Jesus didn't get nothing. And he was God. He got a whip. But see, that's the thing. Yes. People want to, and people, and see, this is the sad part about that, Nancy. Every Thursday night in America, somewhere, there's a, these, these services that require that of you. This pro, prophesy. The Thank you for listening to the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. If this message has been a blessing to you, consider donating on your favorite platform. You can donate by looking in the description box and picking your favorite platform of choice, Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal. Continue listening and your prayers are needed, welcomed and appreciated.